In our fast-paced world, many of us struggle with overthinking and worry that leaves us feeling overwhelmed or stuck. In this podcast, we will hear stories of successful individuals and have conversations and ways to reach our true potential by embracing every micro detail of our identity, especially the flaws that make us unique. This is your host, Maria Grace Wolf. I'm a Filipino-American entrepreneur, psychotherapist, and mom of two boys. And my mission is to amplify diverse perspectives and experiences and inspire your journey to wellness and fulfillment. Hello and welcome to Own Your Journey. This is your host, Maria Grace. My guest for today is Sarah Sanders. She is a licensed psychotherapist. She is a mom of two, an entrepreneur with a thriving practice here in California, and she is founder of the Centered with Sarah coaching program. Sarah's passion is helping women, especially mothers, learn how to look inward and tune into their needs so they can find as much joy in their motherhood journey while rediscovering who they are. So Sarah, thank you for being here with me today. I am truly excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, please introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, I'm Sarah. Nice to be on here. Thank you so much, Grace. I am here in California and do have a private practice that is always full. And I wanted another way to reach more women and have a broader impact. And so I started this separate business with coaching. Um, so it's centered with Sarah coaching and then I can reach more people and help more moms. And yeah, I'm really, really excited. I love that. I love that you started that because it's so needed. Okay. So I want to start us off with a snippet from a series you wrote where you said, quote, I was never the little girl who always wanted to be a mom. When I grow up, I was actually quite the opposite. I instead wanted a grad degree and to become a professional people helper. Don't get me wrong. I love children and always have, especially babies, but I didn't want any of my own because I thought I had to pick. Be either a career woman or a mother. End of quote. So I wanted to read this because I, as well as I'm sure lots of other women who's listening out there resonate with this. You know, from hearing other moms talk about how they had to give up their careers to raise their children, not to mention the society's crazy expectation of being a woman, let alone being a mother. It really sucks that, you know, if you're a goal-oriented, high-achieving woman... The message is that you can't do both. You'd have to pick one or the other. Can you say more about your thoughts when you wrote this? Yeah, I've always loved helping people and I love learning. I love trainings. I love school. And when I was younger, I saw these moms that seemed like they were always meant to be mothers And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that I didn't resonate with that. And so I thought I had to choose and, you know, was basically deciding that I wouldn't have kids because I figured I probably shouldn't or couldn't. And I had to pick, um, but then 
after I got married, a special little baby was born Mm -hmm. and I saw that bond between him and his mother that it just melted everything. And I was like, Hmm, I wonder if I could have both. I wonder if I can help people and love to learn and have all these things that I've always loved to do, but also have kids and have this special bond and this relationship, you know, for myself. And so, um, the journey to becoming a mother was a lot longer and harder than I had anticipated with infertility and miscarriages and everything in there. And I like to be really open about my story and the journey because every single mother has their own unique journey. And I think so much of like when I was a little kid and I'm looking at these mothers, we get this idea of this is what motherhood is like, or this is what it takes to be a mother. And I think we discount ourselves a lot. And so part of what I think is really empowering and to empower women and mothers is to share your own story and how that played out for you and what that looks like for you individually. So I'd like to be very open about what my experience has been and what the struggle is and how hard it is to be a mother and just normalize that because it is really hard no matter what, you know, what the situation Mm -hmm. is. And no one will argue with you there because it is really hard being a mom. And what would be good is, you know, to be able to have that genuine choice whether to work or stay at home without worrying about the stigma that's attached to it, which means, you know, having an economy that is um, that pays well enough that both parents don't need to work or, you know, having a job that is really supportive with um, just offering flexible hours for working moms. And I also agree on the part where you said, you know, everybody has their own journey and it's important that we share these stories so we can normalize the struggle of, you know, what we go through being a mom because not a lot of moms talk about it because somehow maybe they are they feel ashamed that they're not doing it right and of course social media plays a huge role in the comparison mindset where we see other parents you know feeding their kids organic food and you know keeping such a perfect and spotless home I mean some of these things that we see are probably staged and not real but it's it's easy to kind of just fall into that comparison trap and feel like you're not doing you and feel like you're doing everything wrong so just kind of reminding yourself about that when you're you know scrolling through social media that we all have a different story like you said so tell us your journey your your mom journey by the time i had my son I thought, well, I'm, I'm well-prepared. I have two degrees in psychology. I've studied all these books and, you know, scholarly articles, and I'm going to be well, you know, well-prepared. And then 36 hours of labor, three hours of pushing and human comes out. And I'm like, uh, what did I sign up for? Like the needs are constant. And I, was constantly working to meet his needs and thinking eventually when he's good and Mm -hmm. he's not upset or he's happy or he's fed and you're changing all the diapers and the nursing and the sleepless nights. And I thought, then I'll take care of myself. Then I'll meet my needs. And that day wasn't coming. I wasn't able to kick 
back, you know, kick my no. feet up and relax. And I, by the time he was one, I remember just thinking, how many more years can I go? Like, I feel like I've worn myself into the ground. Mm -hmm. I'm exhausted. I've lost weight. I'm not eating well. I'm not sleeping. You know, how do I, how do I do this? And so my, I feel like my goal in life, my life's mission is to help other mothers find that balance between meeting their kids' needs and taking really good care of their kids because I did take really good care of my son. I, you know, I think mm -hmm. we all take really good care of our children. And at the same time, we have needs. We have to take care of ourselves as well. And that's a really hard struggle for a lot of mothers. And there's practical things, but there's also an internal mindset mm -hmm. that that we have that was the part that I never knew, you know, before you're a mother, you think, oh, this is how I'm going to do things, or this is how it's going to be. And you have no idea, you know, until that, that little person comes into your life, you don't know exactly how it's going to be and how hard. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, it was just a huge struggle for me. So I have a lot of compassion and empathy and, um, I would say a fire burning in my, my soul to help other moms, you know, to, to support them in that, because it is such a hard it's the hardest job in the world. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you can probably relate to this as a therapist that people are like, wow, you're a therapist. That must be so hard. And I try not to laugh because I'm like, no, being a mother is hard. Like, you know, there is a emotional and psychological toll with being mm -hmm. a therapist, but you know, being a mother is so much harder than anything else I've ever done in life. 100%. I completely agree with you. And yes, being a therapist is hard because we do have to deal with, you know, vicarious trauma. But being a parent, being a mom is a whole nother level, you know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners agree with you as well. And I do want to point out that, you know, just because a person is a therapist, right, um, you would assume that they know all the tools and are familiar with the mental health aspect of it all. But when you are in such a sleep-deprived mode and, you know, you're doing everything for the first time and you're stressing out because you're just, you just want to make sure that you keep this human alive, it takes a huge emotional toll on you, your mental health, your physical health. Not mm -hmm. all kids are the same. Not mm -hmm. all needs are the same. Mm -hmm. So it's, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely a struggle and what have you noticed is the most common struggle for mothers? Yeah, I would say the most common struggle when they're trying to focus on themselves mm -hmm. is to put their needs as a priority because we are socialized mm -hmm. from the time we're born. I call it to be quiet and pretty and to not take up much space. And so by the time we you know, get pregnant or, or have a baby, we're so used to focusing on other people and giving to other people and really, um, valued and prized for being selfless and all of those things that, um, are great qualities, but not to the extreme and the detriment of not mm -hmm. taking care of yourself. And then even when you're pregnant, what is the focus? Oh, how far along are you? Oh, you know, how's the baby? Oh, you know, do you know the, the gender, you know, everything's very baby oriented. Baby. And then you, 
you know, go to the hospital or you even, you know, having a home birth, um, the attendant, you know, everybody's still focused on the baby. And so I'm a huge advocate for women hiring doulas before they, you know, in that process to give birth, because you need somebody who's devoted to you and for your needs, because everything is the baby. And then the baby, you know, comes out, Mm -hmm. um, or even, you know, with adoption, if you've adopted, it's still the focus is on the baby. And so moms really get pushed to the side and we're already internally pushing our needs to the side. And then society is pushing our needs to the side. And you go back to work when the baby is six Mm -hmm. weeks or eight weeks and you go back to the daily grind. And so this barrier of really seeing that we even have a need is huge. And I feel like that's, that's one of the hugest, um, barriers that, that mothers have. And what about your significant other? Like, how does this impact your relationship? Yeah, it's, it's hard because if you don't even know that you have a need and you're not even aware of that, how can you communicate that to somebody else? That's true. And, you know, our partners are not going to read our minds. They're not going to know oh, she needs an extra Mm -hmm. glass of water or she's, you know, needs to kick her feet up. You know, they might be able to guess and depending on the relationship, they might be more nurturing towards Mm -hmm. us and they already have that support there, but they can't read our minds. And so if we don't even know we have a need, how, how is anybody else going to know that we have a need? Right. And that's such a good point because that's when sometimes relationship can, can suffer, right? Because the Mm -hmm. communication isn't there. And how are you able to ask for what you need if you don't know what it is or you can't verbalize it because you aren't sure yourself? Yeah. So if we don't know we have a need or we feel bad that we have a need, you know, I remember thinking when my son was really little that I shouldn't have needs because I should be selfless. I should be giving, you know, I... Mm -hmm if I have a need and I'm meeting that need, am I taking something from him? You know? So there's really this, this internal mind shift that you need to be aware of, of it's not selfish to meet your own needs. And there needs to be a lot of focus and attention put on your needs so that you can give to the other person, um, give to the child out of that abundance and, you know, what they say on the airplane, if something happens to the plane, put your oxygen mask on first before your Mm -hmm. child's. I feel like we're so socialized to think, oh, we got to meet the child's needs. We got to meet the child's needs over and over and over. And it's like, no, we have to put the oxygen mask on first. And can I just quickly add how important this is? Because I know that even though we've heard this before, we've, you know, we've seen it on social media and we've heard it time and time again, The truth is, many of us, our first instinct is to take care of our baby and not ourselves. So if you're not aware that you're doing this, that you are, you know, not um, putting your gas masks on first and you're extremely exhausted and you're sick and you're trying to function, you're more prone to making careless mistakes or having, you know, having an accident. And you're actually putting, you know, both you and your child at a higher risk. Yeah, yeah, that definitely plays into that. And so number one, when I had mentioned being aware that you have a need is really Mm -hmm. the first step to say, 
do I even need something or what do I need? And you have to be tuned into that yourself. And then the second one of a mindset shift is really, um, you know, believing that only the kids needs are the priority and that whole concept that no, both of our needs are a priority. I have to meet my own needs and I have to meet theirs. So it's not just the kids. And then number three, what I believe is the mama mindset shift too, is that it's okay to feel bad that we're um, not meeting the other, the kids needs or that we, we met our need. And so there's the shame and there's this guilt. And so I work with a lot of moms that have just given birth or they're, you know, their children are still young and they're like, well, I have this girl's trip, but I feel bad. I shouldn't go on it. Or mm-hmm. I feel bad that I went on it or, you know, or my, um, my sister wants to take me out to dinner, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, it can be the smallest thing of, I just want to go to bed earlier or something, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, then you feel shame and guilt and almost like we're more comfortable with this martyr, you know, idea than being like, no, that's not okay. Like we, we don't need to feel guilt about it. We need to put our needs as a priority. And so those big shifts are, are ones that I had to wrestle with and make sense of, and, you know, still on a daily basis, sometimes have to be like, okay, have I eaten, you know, enough food today, or have I sat down and, you know, taken a break. And so really just still being in tune for that for myself, as much as I practice that, I I feel like it's this continual fighting against that the kids' needs are the priority and that is where it should stay. I'm definitely guilty of, you know, having that mom guilt. Guilt. I just remember, you know, sitting at brunch with my friends and having those thoughts of, oh, I should be home. He might look for me. And it and it goes on and on, right? Until of course the mimosa arrives. But when I get back from a timeout with friends, even just for even for just a couple of hours, you know, I started to notice that I am more relaxed. I am more energized. I'm in a better mood, more focused to be present with them. So then I realized this is good. Like I need to do this more often for my own mental health. And so I can be more at my best for my kids when I give myself a little break, right? Mm-hmm. So I love that. And I love that you mentioned that you do a mental health check-in when you say, oh, did I eat? Did I, mm-hmm. you know, did I take a shower? Did I, mm-hmm. You know, just to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because you're right. You need to mm-hmm. advocate for yourself and prioritize yourself. Those are really great, um, great tips. What are some ways that moms can maneuver the guilt? Yeah. Guilt comes up a lot in general, especially mom guilt. Mm-hmm. And what I tell people is almost taking a mindfulness approach where you can watch that guilt go by like you're watching a cloud mm-hmm. and not try to fight against it. Because if you go, okay, I'm not going to feel guilty anymore. I'm really going to work on this. And then you start feeling guilty. You're going to beat yourself up and feel bad that you're feeling guilty when you're trying not to feel guilty. You know, it's just mm-hmm. this whole cycle. And so being really in tune with what your thoughts are and how mm-hmm you know, what you're thinking and how you're feeling about it is key because then, you know, you know, this is still something that I struggle with, or this is something I'm getting better at, but how will you know if you're not tuned in to what you're thinking or feeling? Yeah, I think that's key. I think knowing 
what that guilt is about, right? Like really mm-hmm. being self-aware and, and really digging deep. What does that guilt mean for me? Mm-hmm. It means, okay, I'm going out with my friends, which usually means, does that mean I'm a bad mother? So then you do, you kind of look into that and, and mm-hmm. rationalize it. Are you a bad mother? Is this, mm-hmm. does this make you a bad mom if you take some time out to take care of yourself? And, and the answer yeah. is no. Right. And really letting yourself sit with that instead of trying to push mm-hmm. it to the side, because we don't like feeling guilt. We don't, mm-hmm. we don't like feeling shame, but if we push it away, it's not going to actually go away. It's going to fester and get worse. But if we let ourselves realize that we're feeling it and sit with it, then we can go talk to somebody. We can talk to a partner. We can talk to a friend. We can talk to our therapist or a coach or a mentor and say, Hey, this is something that I'm struggling with, or I feel, um, guilty a lot. And, you know, we have to find those supportive people that will really speak into us and let us, you know, vent or whatever, and not pass judgment. Cause the, the last thing we need is to share mm-hmm. that we feel like a bad mom to somebody. And they're like, Oh yeah, you, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause it goes back to society, right? The expectations from mm-hmm. society and from what you see on social media, the comparison mindset that you feel like, you know, society expects you to be home with your kids. Cause that what, that's what makes you a a good mom. If you're mm-hmm. out and about, you know, who's, who's really, who's really judging you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And what I found is a lot of times, if somebody's struggling with shame and guilt for themselves, they are judging themselves harshly, but they also are tending to judge other people. Mm-hmm. And then they're mm-hmm. thinking those people are judging them. So when we start working through how much we're actually judging ourselves or others, we're Mm going to realize that the judgment is slowly going away because if I'm going to judge you for, Hey, she's doing such and such. And I would never do that as a mother. You know, if that's trying to, you know, make myself (laughs) feel good, I'm judging you, but I'm also going to think that you're going to be judging me. And so that's a really key, uh, awareness um, aspect as well is, are you judging other people? Are you trying to make yourself feel better by what you are doing or you're not doing, but, but that's feeding into that guilt and shame and that judgment cycle as it is. Right. That's when the boundaries kind of sets in and you have to feel secure about your own parenting Mm -hmm. skills and, and really who you are as a parent. Mm -hmm. like you said earlier, every baby or every kid has a different level of needs, but every mother has a different level of needs. And a lot of times my clients are like, I don't feel refreshed after the kid's nap or the baby goes (laughs) down. I need another break or, you know, what's wrong with me, you know? And so really letting, letting ourselves be okay with having a different level of need as a mother compared to other mothers, you know, that's where we don't want to compare, but it's okay to be like, maybe my kid has high needs, but maybe I have high needs. Maybe (laughs) I, you know, I'm pretty introverted. I need a lot of time alone or I'm, you know, touched out or sound is bothering me, you know? And so I need to put in more self-care so that I can meet my needs. Yeah. And that's a great segue to self-care because you talk about internal self-care. So tell us about this. So a lot of times we think of self-care as getting our nails done or getting the massage or going shopping. And it's a lot of external things. And so when I refer to internal self-care or inner self-care, 
it's really the concept of a deeper wellness for ourselves, mm-hmm. for who we are inside. And yeah, all the external things are fine. Um, and if that's what fills your cup back up, you know, might as well, you know, go crazy, do it all. But there's also this sense of what's going on inside for us, what hobbies or what activities, um, or how do we care for ourselves inside? And so a lot of my clients will spend time scrolling on their phones when they have a few minutes of downtime. And then they're like, I don't feel any better, um, after seeing everybody's perfect life on social media. And so, I encourage them to go back to what do you enjoy doing? What is that in internal awareness that you, um, that you need to tap into to spend time doing something or even what, what are you thinking or what are you feeling? You know, we discount our thoughts a lot and the way that we're viewing something can make a seemingly, um, you know, difficult situation feel impossible and it's really not, but, but the way we're looking at it. So really being in touch with our mind and, you know, our feelings and do we need to talk to somebody? Do we need to reach out for support? Um, that's all the internal stuff. You can't, you can't find that with getting your nails done. Um, there's just going to be a difference there. Right. Although getting your nails done does make me feel good, (laughs) (laughs) which is awesome, (laughs) but you're, you're right. It's not the, it's not the lasting effect that you want. And you also mentioned about, and I thought this was really interesting, um, disconnecting your self-worth from your kid's behavior. I thought Mm -hmm. that was like, that's brilliant because Mm -hmm. I know attaching our self-worth to how our children behave is such Mm -hmm. an easy trap to fall into. So can you speak a little bit more about that? Yeah, it goes back to socialization again, where we're used to being rated or measured or achievement. And so we really get the sense that what's going on around us has to do with us and how well we're doing and how good we are. And so if, if our kids melting down in the store, it's like, oh, I must be doing something wrong. I must be, you know, not using the right technique or not, you know, or it's a reflection um, of you. Yeah. Somehow a reflection of us. And, Mm -hmm. and I think we all struggle with that to a certain extent, but some of us, I think, struggle with that more than others. If we're used to, um, you know, working really hard at something and then being like, oh, I did that. I achieved that. Mm -hmm. And so that achievement mentality can really, you know, bite us in the butt when we're thinking about our kids because they are their own person. They're a whole separate human than us. And we can't take all of that on on our shoulders and, you know, carry that weight. Right. Right. No, I completely agree. And I have to admit, you know, I have been guilty of that, you know, before I've done all the mindfulness work, but Mm -hmm. I just remember, um, being a new parent, you know, attaching myself worth to how my children behaves is so easy. It's like an easy Mm -hmm. trap to fall into. Cause I just remember this field trip, like my son was in preschool. So I would help chaperone and there would be other parents there. Right. And the preschool that my son went to was not as diverse and, and I'm Filipino and I'm married to a white man. So my kids are biracial and they present more white than Filipino. 
And there's another Asian little boy who was running around and not following direction. And this other mom came up to me and said, you should probably make sure your kid stays in line. Oh, wow. And I looked at her and I'm not sure what made me more furious. If it was because I was being accused that my child is misbehaving, who was not even my kid, but also the fact that I had to tell her my son was right in front of me. Wow. And in her eyes, my son didn't belong to me. So, I mean, that's a whole nother thing about, you know, race and racial microaggressions. It's an easy and obvious mistake. I get it, but it's still very hurtful. But just not to go off tangent, going back to that, I think, I think, well, I was initially annoyed for the first reason of being accused that my child was misbehaving mm-hmm. so that I mm-hmm. automatically felt that it was an attack on mm-hmm. an attack on how I am as a parent and mm-hmm. or how I parent my kids or, and mm-hmm. how I am as a mother. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because this person is is thinking this kid, you know, say they were your child, you know, it's Uh assuming that you can do something to stop your child. So because you're not, there's something wrong with you. Or because your kid's in there watching him. (laughs) Yeah. Or because your kid's running around, something's wrong with you that your kid's running around. You know, it's just, yeah. Once we, once we break it down, it's preposterous, but we, we feel this all the time. And Mm -hmm. I remember when my son was first born, I got the question all the time. Oh, is he sleeping through the night? Oh, is he, you know, all these things about him. And I remember being like, uh, I know he's not. And what's wrong with me that he's not, you know? And so we get these questions over and over and over that it's almost like, can you control that? You know, you need to fix this and, oh, okay, let me do this. You know, and you're a new mom and you're working so hard and you're, you're already exhausted and sleep deprived. And, you know, those questions and those words and that criticism from other people is going to hit even harder, you know, with being in that position and that new role as a mother. And yeah. Um, And also the other one to add is boundaries. We Mm -hmm. underestimate boundaries so much and, there's the external boundaries of telling somebody, Hey, don't cross this line, but we also need to have these internal boundaries where maybe we have this boundary with this person, but we don't necessarily have to tell them we can, you know, have this boundary inside. So it's really just that inner, that inner sense of what's going on inside of us, not just outside what we can do. Mm. Can you give us, give us an example of that? Um, so an example that comes up a lot with my clients is their relationship with their mother and their children. And so if your mother has say a different parenting style than you have, you might have to put up an external boundary with her and say, Hey, we don't parent that way. And so, you know, this is what we expect from you when you, you know, are interacting with our child or you're watching our child or whatever it is, you might have to tell them, Hey, this is, you know, this is this explicit boundary, but an internal boundary would be knowing that your mom is different with her parenting or with her, um, her ideas with your child. And so just going into the, 
you know, that next time that you're meeting with her and knowing that, Hey, this is going to be more challenging, or this is difficult for me. That's going to be an internal boundary for you to just know for yourself of like, what do I need to take care of myself? Do I need to have, you know, some downtime before we go and hang out or don't, am I going to need some downtime after like what's going on inside of me? Or do we need to, you know, if I'm tuned into myself, do we need to leave early? You know, so there's these external boundaries, but there's also mm-hmm. these internal boundaries. Yeah. And then these are also helpful and valuable information. I'm so glad that I'm talking about this with you. I know that you're starting and launching a new program. Do you mm-hmm. want to tell us about that? Yeah. So the new program is called Centered Mama. And in the program, what we're going to be doing is really um, doing a deep dive in each of the three areas that I've learned are very crucial for um, meeting your needs and finding yourself as a mother and really enjoying motherhood more. And so we do a deep dive on the body and what does that actually look like and your brain? What are you thinking and your boundaries? Who do you need to put up boundaries with, or, you know, how does this need to look in your life and really, um, seeing how those fit together and Mm -hmm. coming up with a unique tailored plan for you, because all of our motherhood, you know, stories in our lives are very different. What works for me is not going to work for you. And so really coming up with how, how do you meet your need or what does this look like? Or what are these barriers, um, that we need to overcome or to, you know, how do we problem solve this? So it's a three month program where we're really going to be going into depth on all three of those, but it's going to be in a group. So we're going to have, um, group coaching every week and it'll be recorded if somebody can't make it, but, um, lessons that are pre-recorded that you can watch on your own time that are short and really action-packed and insight driven to really take you on this next step and this deeper journey to find yourself as a mother and the woman inside of the mother. So I'm really excited to, to roll this out and work with more women. Yeah, that sounds like an amazing program. So how can people find you to get on your wait list? So my website is centeredwithsarah.com. And if you go to centeredwithsarah.com slash quiz, you can take my quiz and find out which area is it that you need to take a first step in and focus on so that you're not getting overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I have so much work to do. I'll give you really specific action Um and support for which area do you want to focus on first and um, move from there. So centerwithsarah.com slash quiz will be the first step. And then you can connect with me more through that. And um, my um, friend and I, Abby, um, we are hosting a mom summit on August 31st. And so if you would like to sign up for that, we will have that um, up and it's going to be centerwithsarah.com slash summit. And so if you schedule there, it's going to be a live time, a live um, stream of eight of us and all experts, all mothers focusing on different areas of your motherhood journey. And these areas are often overlooked, but very crucial for us as women and, you know, to to be better mothers and, um, meet our needs. So we're going to spend a couple hours doing that. We have sponsors and giveaways, and it's going to be this really dynamic, enriching time. Um, so that's another way that people can connect and start, 
start hearing about these ways to make motherhood a little bit easier yeah. if that's possible. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds like a great um, summit. I will be sure to put all those information on the show notes for today's episode. I'm glad you are here today to talk to us about all these amazing, valuable information on the motherhood journey. I hope to have you on here again soon if you're willing to come back. Yes, Yes, I'd love to. Yes, I love it. Thank you. And thank you again for being here. Thank you, Grace. If you resonate at all with the stories on this podcast, and you're thinking about a change in your current situation, in your career, in your relationship, or maybe even in yourself. What's holding you back from taking the first step? Find out by taking the What's Your Biggest Self-Sabotage quiz that you can find on my website at mariagracewolk.com. Until next time, stay kind and own your journey. Thank you again for your time today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to hit subscribe, rate, and review. I would so appreciate it. The high rate and reviews will help others find the podcast so we can amplify, normalize, and break the mental health stigma. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host or the guest are providing legal, mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one. This podcast does not substitute for personal professional services.